Before we begin our Torah study this evening, let's pray together. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam, asher kidsheno b'mitzvotav etzivanu la'asok b'divrei Torah. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Every one of us has problems that we cannot fix and needs that go beyond our ability to take care of. That's a fact of life, and none of us should be ashamed of it. In fact, the readings this week teach us that God wants to help us fix what we cannot fix. Whenever we read about lepers in the scriptures, as we do on this Shabbat, it's easy to detach and put distance between us and them and to say to ourselves, well, that's not our problem today. And even if we aren't lepers, each of us has similar situations, problems that are too big and resources that are too small. Even though the lepers could not help themselves, God used other people working together as part of the help. The lepers were instructed, for instance, to go to the priest. They needed spiritual ministry as part of getting physical healing. The priest was not only involved in determining if the person was unclean, he was also involved in determining when the person was healed and clean. And he guided the cleansed leper through the process of offering a sacrifice of thanksgiving after the healing. So that's an important ministry. Sometimes we just need to know ourselves that we're unclean, and then we can deal with it. And we also need to know that being unclean does not have to be a permanent condition because God wants us to be clean. He wants us to be healed, to be whole, to be complete, and to prosper in body and soul and spirit. God is always on your side when you want to come out of uncleanness. We can be sure of that. The story of the Syrian leper, Naaman, or Naaman, confirms that. He was commander of the king's army, and Naaman came to Elisha, the prophet of Israel, because his own problem was too big and his resources were not big enough. But the God of Israel was able to help him. Nothing is too difficult for God. And the God of Israel used the prophet of Israel to heal Naaman. But it wasn't only the prophet who was used by God. Several others had an important role. So turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 5, and we are going to read a few verses. And I want you to pay attention to different people who have roles to play. And each of them is called to fulfill their part. 2 Kings chapter 5, starting in verse 1, says, Naaman, Naaman, was a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife, and then she said to her mistress, If only my master were with the prophet who's in Samaria for he would heal him of his leprosy. And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus said the girl who's from the land of Israel. Verse 5, And then the king of Syria said, You go now, and I'll send a letter to the king of Israel. 
And so Naaman departed and took with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, and 10 changes of clothing. And then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, Now be advised when this letter comes to you that I have sent Naaman my servant to you that you may heal him of his leprosy. Now let's stop for a moment and think about several people who had a part to play. The first one, the captive young girl from Israel, she told Naaman's wife about Elisha, the prophet of Israel. And then the next, Naaman's wife, who told her husband, and she passed on the word from her servant. And then we have the king of Israel. He wrote a letter to the king, the king of Syria, rather. He wrote a letter to the king of Israel and sent silver, gold, and clothing. And now verse 7. And it happened when the king of Israel read the letter that he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and make alive that this man sends a man to me to heal him of his prophecy? leprosy. Therefore, please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. So you see that the king of Israel did not do his part because he was concerned that this was a ploy and that this would not go well for him. The king of Israel did not do his part, but God worked anyway. The king of Israel missed his opportunity at that moment but God had a plan for healing and mercy. Verse 8, And so it was when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Please let Naaman come to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So now we have Elisha, and he is alert. He's ready, and he offers to do something he sees this as an opportunity. Verse 9, and then Naaman went with his horses and chariot, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. Verse 10, and Elisha sent a messenger to him at the door, saying, go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. Verse 11, but Naaman became furious and went away and said, indeed, I said to myself, he'll surely come out to me and he'll stand and he'll call on the name of the Lord his God and he'll wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. Isn't that the way, folks, that we can all be? We've got our expectations. We've got our plan. We know how things are supposed to be. And I love the details here. Naaman becomes furious and he goes away and he expresses out loud what he thought was going to happen. First of all, that the prophet would actually come and answer the door and stand out uh, where he was. And, and then he would do some kind of spiritual prayer and he'd wave his hand over the place and whew, the leprosy would be healed. I love this detail about waving his hand over the place. It's like Naaman expected a little hocus pocus, maybe some abracadabra or something like that. And then he would be healed. 
and Naaman went on with his complaint, are not the Abana and the Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? And so he turned and he went away in a rage. So now his disappointment becomes rage. Verse 13, and his servants came near and spoke to him and said, my father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, something difficult, would you not have done it? How much more than when he says to you, just wash and be clean. And so here we have this next group, the servants of Naaman, and they see their master in emotional difficulty, and they're not afraid for themselves. They approach him even though he's furious and disappointed, and now he's raging and he's yelling and saying things that they are hearing, but they speak from their heart, and they start by saying, my father, and that's a way of expressing closeness. So they speak from their heart to Naaman's heart, and they call him to humility and obedience. And remember, they're the servants, and he's the general. He's the powerful uh, military leader. But they speak in a way that really makes a difference. Verse 14, and so Naaman went down, and he dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Wow. So Naaman himself had to exercise faith, obedience to what he was told to do. Everyone has to do that. We exercise faith. Our faithful obedience to God is important. But sometimes we can't get to that place all by ourselves. We need other people to help us get there. Verse 15, and so Naaman returned to the man of God, he and all his aides, all his servants, and he came and he stood before him and he said, indeed, now I know there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. It took a lot of people working together and or doing their part in sequence to bring this one man healing. And that's a good picture for us, I believe. A lot of people have a role to play in every healing, in every act of mercy for someone. That's how God works. And when Yeshua said he would pour out the Holy Spirit, he understood that all of us who are his disciples, who trust him, we all need the Holy Spirit, not just for ourselves, but so that we can serve God to benefit other people. We need the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, the goodness of the Holy Spirit, in order to minister to other people as well as to minister back to the Lord. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 9 through 13, captures some important ideas about how God works. For God has not destined us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation 
through our Lord, Yeshua the Messiah, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we will live together with him. And of course, awake or asleep means alive or dead. We will live together with him. Verse 11, therefore, encourage one another and build up one another just as you also are doing. So the salvation that Yeshua brings us is also expressed through resurrection life, his resurrection. He died for us so that we can live together with him. He died for us to pay the penalty for our sin, to have victory over death and over all of the spiritual world that works against us and against the Lord. And he died and rose from the dead so that we can live together with him. His resurrection life impacts us. We also will have resurrection life, but in the meantime, resurrection life expresses itself in this way, encouraging one another, building up one another. Let's pay attention to that because that is the heart of God. He has destined us for rescue for deliverance, for healing, for salvation through our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah who died for us, so that so that we can live together with him. And for that reason, we're to encourage each other and build each other up just as you're doing together. You and I can do so much. We can do so much more together than we can just by ourselves. Romans 14 verse 19 says, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to shalom and to mutual edification. That's what we want to put our hearts into. And Yeshua said this right before um, Passover, John 13 verse 34 and 35, he says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. So this becomes the standard. We look at his love and the example that he gives us, and we use that to inspire us to love each other because he wants us to follow his example. Verse 35, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Friends, every time that we help someone else in need, we are answers to someone's cry to God. Every time we give charity, every time we contribute to the needs of others, we're also serving the Lord who takes notice of people. He listens to their prayers and he sends help and he uses us to send that help. It's all part of the covenant that God made with us and ratified in Messiah. It's expressed in 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. This is the confidence that we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests which we have asked from him. That's the confidence that we have. That's the boldness that we have. Let it grow stronger and stronger in us. And let us take to heart what Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. 
bless his holy name, bless the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Mishpocha, let's keep our eyes fixed on Yeshua. That way we can keep learning to be more and more like him. And we can learn to serve in a way that brings his light and his goodness into this broken world. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your love and for your compassion and for your mercy. Help us, Lord, to grow in all these qualities so that our service will reveal your goodness to others. Use us, Lord, to bring healing, encouragement, blessings, hope, and faith to people all around us. We pray this in Yeshua's name. Amen. In a moment, we'll be closing with Aaron's blessing and then a final worship song. But first, would you consider standing with us financially if this live stream is a blessing to you, or if our Messianic Jewish Teachings podcast, or our Beth Israel Messianic Synagogue Sanctuary services are a blessing to you? Would you consider blessing our ministry? All the information can be found on our webpage, bethisraelnow.com slash giving. Now let's close with Aaron's blessing. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha, ye'er Adonai p'navelecha v'yichunecha, yisa Adonai p'navelecha v'yasem lecha. Shalom. May the Lord bless you, and may the Lord guard you and keep you. May the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace.